Now, I'm going to invite uh, Gio to come up here. He's got, a word for, <laughs> he's got a word from the Lord for us this morning. Yeah. Every time I hear someone say a word from it, I always think from our sponsors. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know why. That's just a random thought. The Holy, <laughs> Holy Spirit moving us, directing us, right? <clears throat> I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm between a combination of getting over a cold and sinuses and um, allergies. I was, I told Brooke, I was very close to kind of calling it in and telling them I'm not going to be able to share um, just because. Uh, up until Friday, I had like no voice. Um, but you know, I prayed about it. I said, God, I'm going to send Brooke my notes. And then, you know, by Sunday, I'm expecting a miracle, Lord. Um, and so, you know, I'm talking again at least. Um, and so, yes, um, I, I, I was reading, um, uh, through the week, um, when Pastor Stewart kind of approached me and asked me about, about sharing. Uh, I had shared a little bit about what we're going to talk about with the youth group a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think I usually don't get a chance to expand too much because we spend like 30 minutes talking and playing a board game or something, you know, hanging out. And then we get a chance to expand a little bit and they share their thoughts and I share my thoughts with them. And so um, when I got the opportunity, I said, great, I'll, we'll, we'll share on that and I'll get a chance to expand a little bit more on that. And then I was talking to Sean earlier this morning, and we got some news at work that made us all a little bit shaky. And um, and then I, I was as, as as you can see from the well, I hope the title doesn't throw anyone off, but um, it's called fear, seeing ghosts, but hearing his voice. Um, so as I was preparing to share today, I got some news at work that made us shaky and fearful. Um, so I was like, God, you're getting me ready to, for myself and for anybody that needs to hear this. So um, I said, Lord God, this is, I guess, the best, best time uh, than any. And so, you know, even last week, Pastor Stewart shared a little bit about, you know, um, Jesus' resurrection and how he came back and, and any, any, um, he presented himself to his disciples and they were all in a moment of fear some of them had forgotten the promise that was made. Um, doubting Thomas was not around. And, you know, we, we kind of remember that story. And, you know, he shared a little bit about the fear that kind of overpowers us and kind of takes a hold of our lives sometimes. And so I, I wanted to kind of, like I said, when, when, when he spoke about that, that, that started resonating with me. And then it led me to this kind of message. Um, we've all had fears. It's something uh, natural. It's human nature, right? I feel like it's part of our survival instincts, um, having a little bit of fear when we are walking down a, a dark alley or if we're driving in an unknown neighborhood or, or, or even just uh, starting a new job somewhere, you know, we have that uneasiness, that uh, fear of not fitting in. It's all part of uh, our survival instincts, right? Is this area safe? I should check this out. Should I really let my kids go by themselves? You know what? Let me go with them. Um, it's, it's all part of uh, human nature. Um, as I, when I was younger, 
uh, thanks to the movie It, I was scared of clowns for, for, for a period in my life. Um, you know, as I, I grew older, um, I developed a fear of heights, which I overcame one day by getting on a roller coaster. My dad just kind of pushed me on there. Um, but as I've gone older, my, my, my fears have matured or developed into other things. Um, now that I'm a father of two and a husband, I, I, when I first was proposing to lay and we were going under, going through this process, my fear was of not being an adequate husband or the husband that she needed. Um, and still I'm, I pray for, for the Lord for guidance and, you know, make me the husband she needs. Um, same thing for my child, my, my children. I want to be the father that they need. Uh, I am fortunate enough to have a great example in my father. Um, and I still to this day, you know, strive and to follow in those footsteps. Um, and so as, you know, as I've gotten older, those, those fears, uh, the Lord has dealt with me in those and he's reassured me and he's worked his spirit, uh, his, with his spirit in me. Um, and he continues, uh, to work in me. Um, but as we, you know, we've gotten older, I'm sure uh, most of you are in that same position. Am I adequate enough? Am I, am I the, the leader that my household needs? Am I the mother? Am I sufficient? My wife and I talk a lot and she brings that up sometimes, you know, she gets emotional and, you know, I'm there to support you. You're doing great, babe. You're, it's a handful. I've been stuck with the kids for half an hour and I'm, you know, trying to figure things out and she does it full time. And, and so it's, it, these are just natural questions that we bring up. Uh, yesterday we were driving up to Stockton to visit up, uh, my family and she just randomly asked me if, if I ever, felt the pressure of being a perfect son and then we just went into a different so we've always had these things in our in, in our minds and so I said Lord this is something natural that happens in, in 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 us that is probably why you say you've said so many times in the in your scriptures fear not or do not fear or be of courage um, but in the Bible we see um, fear or the word fear being used for different meanings and, and in different instances right um, when we hear the word fear, we automatically want to associate it with, you know, with, with, uh, being frightened or being, you know, a situation being, you know, unbearable or something that's unapproachable. But throughout scripture, we fee- we have, uh, um, Psalms and Proverbs, um, exclaiming things like, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Um, because in, you know, in the Bible, it's used, I would say, for different occasions to mean different things. Um, we have the opportunity to approach the Lord boldly, as his word says, through the sacrifice of, of Jesus and to, to draw near to him and seek him uh, without fear. But the fear sometimes it references is that of reverence, of respect, um, of knowing and acknowledging that he is all-powerful and above all things. Um, the fear that he discourages us to have or the one that we kind of read read here is that paralyzing fear Uh, that fear that doesn't you know let us sleep at night that that makes us anxious that um makes us um we'll talk about why i put ghosts but it makes us see ghosts in the middle of the night um that fear that kind of overpowers us and more than anything takes our eyes off of christ that's the fear that the lord today wants to address in me and maybe in one of or two of you guys as well. Um, that's the fear that the Lord wants to remove uh, from our lives. The fear that doesn't let us see Him, but focuses our eyes on what is going on around us.
Um, the the story that I want to kind of share on is on Matthew 14, uh, verses 22 uh, through 30, uh, 33. Um, I probably won't take too long just because, again, my voice and, and all this. But um, I kind of want to elaborate. It's a very famous story. Uh, even people who aren't, you know, believers kind of have an idea of what this is. It's, it's the moment where the disciples are in the boat and Jesus walks on water and, you know, and even pop culture makes reference of this Jesus walking on water. And it's one of the most, um, known miracles of, of, you know, of the Bible. And so, um, in order to have a little bit of context of what's kind of going on here, um, Jesus, uh, in chapter 14, I'm not going to read the whole thing, uh, but in the beginning of this chapter, chapter 14, um, we have a, a scene where um, John the Baptist has been arrested, and King Herod is debating whether or not he should put him to death um, to satisfy his wife's uh, request of, of having him killed, um, or risking and, and risking an uprising because people at this point had, you know, considered John a prophet and a man of God. Um, and so he's you know, debating whether to do that or not. Uh, finally, he goes through and he ends up slaying John the Baptist, um, puts him to death. Um, as, as the story continues, um, Jesus receives the news, hey, John the Baptist has been put to death. Um, and there is a scene here that says, um, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from their boat to a desolate place by himself. Immediately when he received this news, uh, the first thing that Jesus did was retract from the crowd, retract from his disciples, and he went off to be alone. Now we got to remember that John the Baptist, even in the same book, had just been named by Jesus as one of the greatest prophets that ever lived because of the, of the lifestyle he led and the opportunity he had to usher Jesus into you know, the scene. And beyond that, Jesus and John were cousins. And even though it doesn't say it in Scripture, um, I mean, I would like to think that perhaps they grew up together. I don't know. They had some sleepovers. They hung out. Obviously, Mary and Elizabeth had a great relationship. When they found out they were, you know, when she found out Elizabeth was pregnant, Mary rushed over, and they both were overjoyed knowing that they were both bringing great men into this world. And so there was a connection between the cousins, Mary and Elizabeth. And again, I would like to think that because of that connection, the kids grew up together. They were months apart. And who knows? Again, it doesn't say that Jesus went off and, and mourned over it or cried over it or, or whatever. But uh, when he received those news, the first thing he did, again, was to withdraw and, and be alone. And, and that just kind of shows us that Jesus, being fully God, was encased in, in a human body and, and he felt those emotions. And again, yeah, it was, I'd like to think maybe he, he grieved for a little bit, even though he knew that, you know, John was in a better life, but he felt those emotions. He felt hunger. He felt pain. He felt, you know, he mourned. He, there's multiple times in scripture where he says he cried. Um, and so, um, just, you know, again, that's a quick backstory. He, he goes to that, uh, but then immediately when he, when the crowd hears that he's, gone somewhere they follow him he comes back um, there's a great crowd he sees that they're hungry and you know hungry spiritually hungry physically so he feeds them he preaches to them he teaches them and just as you know he's going to send them on their way we arrive at verse 22 um, and so we have this 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 um, 
story that goes from tragedy to to miracle to back down to tragedy to to, to miracle again. And so um, we arrive at verse twenty two. Um, uh, and I'm just going to read it through, and then we're going to go through a few points. And then, um, like I said, I hope that this encourages us today, uh, you know, starting with myself. Um, and so if we read on chapter, uh, verse 22, I didn't write the entire thing on the sacred reading, but if you have it in the Bible app or something, you can follow along. Um, so Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 says, Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, other side of, of the sea here. Um, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself again to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way away from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was uh, against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, I had to look up, it's around 3 or 4 a.m., the fourth watch, um, uh, he came to them, Jesus came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took a hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So, um, as you can kind of see, the title makes sense. Um, well, maybe not, but... Uh, kind of why I chose to, that that fear, seeing ghosts but hearing his voice. Um, as I was reading this passage, I've I've read it multiple times, and I've I've seen the movies, and you know I've seen the image, but there's really nothing more like you reading it and kind of having that visual image for your own, you know, for your own out of your own mind. Um, and so, uh, oftentimes in our in our lives. Um, the first thing we, we see is that the disciples had, you know, done their job and they, they had been given a mission, you know, immediately after he had fed them, he had told the disciples, I want you guys to go ahead and go to the other side of the of the sea and maybe meet me there. I, I This this part always kind of uh, baffles me a little bit because it's like, just cross the sea and then, and then it just kind of leaves it at that. Um, and I always want to think for myself, I'm like, I wonder if the disciples were like, are we going to? come back around and pick you up? Are you going to come and meet us there? Are you going to swim to us? Like, what's what's going on? Like, you just want us to cross. Okay, we're crossing, I guess. That's, this is what we're going to do today. So after they had done the whole crowd, they fed the crowd, the mission was get across the, get across the, the, the lake or the, the sea of, 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 I believe it's Galilee, and get across. Um, um, oftentimes, um, in our personal lives, in, in my life, we have a plan. We have a mission that we've traced out or that someone's traced out for us. Um, we are on our way. Um, we, re- we rely on the experience we have. We have to remember that on this boat, there was four very experienced, very well-versed in the matter of the sea and boats and fishing, a very experienced fishermen. There was four of them. 
You guys know who they were? Like the kids, you guys know who they were? John, James, Peter, and Andrew, the brothers. Um, they were both, four of them were very experienced guys with the, with the sea. They, they understood, I'm sure, the tides, and they understood how to, you know, you know, work their way around a boat. So, you know, oftentimes we're in the same situation. We got the resources, we got the boat, you know, we got the experience. Uh, we got the mission traced out. You know, I got I got this planned out. I got in the next two years. This is where I see myself doing. I'm on my way. Um, and we are on our we we oftentimes are on our way until we're not. Um, difficulty arises. The winds become to you know into our lives. Difficulty settles in. That uh, report from the doctor comes in. That you know that news from school from your son comes in. Um, and so our plans and our mission, which was originally traced out for us or was set in stone for us, um, begins to, to waver a little bit. Um, and so what I want to share today is Jesus' um, approach is do not fear, which is a fear that I had talked to you guys about earlier. Um, the fear that paralyzes us, that doesn't let us move forward, doesn't let us think. Um, what do we do in those situations? What do we do when we either are heading towards that or are in that uh, now? Um, and so I titled it Seeing Ghosts because very much well, um, fear will have us seeing ghosts. As, as we read forward, right, in the fourth watch of the night, in the middle of the night, um, he came to them already in the middle of the sea, um, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. Um, fear will have us seeing ghosts. Uh, fear distorts uh, what is really there. When we have fear in our lives, we take, you know, it could be a whatever situation, um, whether it be big or small, it, it, we take that and we run with it. I've been in situations before when, 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 when the problem once I start expressing it, it really isn't that big. But when it's up in here just working, and, and, and it becomes this huge deal. And I start seeing the outcomes if I do this. I start seeing the outcomes if I go here. I need to plan ahead. This isn't going to work out. And so it, our mind begins to play tricks on us. Uh, it, it goes to the worst possible outcome. Uh, it materializes our fears, right? Um, Sometimes, you know, we we are already in the boat, we're in the situation where the waves are crashing and the wind is blowing. And, and I could imagine these guys in that boat, in that situation, worried that they're not going to make it. And now they got to worry about a ghost in the water. Now they got something coming towards them. And on top of tr trying to stay afloat, they got to worry about what, what is this thing approaching us. And, and oftentimes I'm in the middle of something trying to get out of it. And now, you know, you got to worry about your job. You know, oh, I got to worry about my health now. I got my kids' health. I'm worried about my finances now. They're telling me about about to get laid off. You know, example, or you know, you're, you're worried about one thing and then just another thing comes. And so I, I could imagine these guys' um, uh, situation. I'm not getting out of one storm when another thing is already coming towards us. And so um, it might have been a very superstitious bunch. Who knows? Maybe ghosts and spirits and goblins were. You know, Mexico, you got chupacabras and lloronas. And, and so it, it might have been a prevalent belief because it was their immediate um, situation. And so, again, 
we, we've, we've all been there. We've all been in situations where, where, where you know, we've come out on top by God's grace. We've, we've made it through. Um, but there will be situations in our lives and in my life that it'll be unlike anything we've seen before. Uh, I pray that God gives us the, the wisdom and the willpower and, and his spirit to guide us through them as well. But there will be situations um, that we have never seen before or we've, we've never experienced before. Um, like I mentioned, the, I'm pretty sure the four very experienced fishermen, everyone I'm, I'm a guess, I'm guessing there was panicked. But I want to think that these guys were probably a little more at ease. Not so much, but they were probably a little more, you know, they, they, they knew the ocean. They knew what was going on. They probably were tying things down, trying to direct. I need you to, you know, button down the sails. Like, grab this. Hey, grab that oar. And they were probably trying to, you know, we've been there before. I'm sure they've gone caught in the sea before. You know, we've been there. But again, when they saw this entity, this thing approaching them, Everyone went into panic mode. Whatever sanity they had left went out, went overboard. Um, and, and like I said, sometimes our our lives, um, we might see something like that. I have been through that already. I already, I already overcame that. But something might approach us where we won't know. Well, what is that? I haven't been there before. I haven't experienced that before. I don't know what that feels like. So what do we do? What do we do in these uh, situations um, before we get there? If we're there now, and so I, I wrote down these three points. Right, hear his voice, follow his direction, and and finally cry out. So the first point, uh, hear his voice. Right. So he's walking towards them. Their reaction is terrified. They say it's a ghost. Jesus spoke to them, saying, "Take heart, it is I." Do not be afraid. Oftentimes, we are influenced by what we hear, right? Who, who are we listening to? Who is our main source of information? Um, how are we in, you know, receiving that? How are we uh, storing that? Uh, to what purpose? To what end? Um, are, are we listening to what Scripture says? Or are we listening to that friend who thinks everything is a conspiracy and Everyone's out to get us, and some stuff turns out to be right. So, kudos to that guy. Sometimes he is right, um, but oftentimes we, we we go down, and I'm, I mean I've been guilty of it. We go down the rabbit hole of YouTube videos, and we start off on this, and then we're like, "Whoa, is government's doing this to it?" Uh, you know, and we we just start going down that rabbit hole, and then your friend tells you this, and we, we you know, this guy says this, and then there's rumors about this, um, and so you know, who are we listening to? Whose, whose, whose voice is, 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 is resonating in our mind and in our hearts. Uh, today, my first point is this, hear his voice. Um, be in his word. Uh, you know, uh, it's the easiest way of, of listening to what God has for us. If I never open this up, if I never take time to, you know, I tell the youth group often, like, you don't even have to come up with a plan. You pop your app open. You, I want to learn about Fear. I want to learn about doubt, and they'll give you a plan for you to read. You just got to read it. You know, we've got. You know, I used to be. I was part of the. I was part of the, the age group that grew up with flip phones, and so we didn't have apps and all this stuff. You know, when I was in in high school, I remember I got my first phone. I was about seventeen, a, a little flip phone razor, and there's there no apps or anything like that. So if I wanted to read the word, I had to just open it and start figuring things out or 
or grabbing books and, and, you know, study plans. And, and nowadays you can download an app and literally they'll trace something out for you and you can start reading it. And, and so I want to encourage you guys today, you know, take, take time out of your day, dive into the word. What does God have to say to me today? I've already filled my mind with what the news says. I've, what my coworkers say, what my friends say. Let's see what your word has for me today, Lord. I want to fill my mind, my heart with, with what you have for me. And sometimes we will, again, when I was asked to share, I had already, this was already kind of playing in my mind. And then I got some news and then it kind of put me a little bit at ease. I was like, God, you've already got something working on me here before I got these news. Um, and so I want to encourage you guys, dive into the word, um, continue to fellowship. You know, find a study group, find, you know, come, you know, join us, uh, tune in whenever you have a chance, you know, continue to fellowship, continue to be encouraged. I, I'm encouraged when I hear testimonies. I'm encouraged when I hear, you know, God did this for me. God came through for me here, you know, and, and sometimes more often than not is a situation that I'm like, I'm going through that or I'm, I'm facing that and I'm glad sister got through it. I, I, I have faith. My, my faith grows. It's strengthened, right? Because I hear it from my, brothers and sisters that they're going through it they went through it god pulled them through so i encourage you guys to get into the word uh, continue to fellowship and lastly you know i encourage you guys to you know uh, turn on that worship music turn on that worship music uh, when you're driving uh, sometimes it it's you know i'm i'm on the radio i'm i'm listening to my to my secular music once in a while as 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 a as a drummer Using as an excuse, but as a drummer, I really like listening to different just to get ideas. But man, I gotta unplug that sometimes and just say, Lord, I need, I need you. I need, I need to be encouraged. And it really puts me at ease when I'm driving before I get into work, before all the call outs come in and the stress starts settling, you know, come in with a spirit already at ease. So I encourage you guys, you know, whose word are we listening to? Um, verse 28. Um, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, he said, he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Point number two, follow his direction. Let's not just be hearers of the word, but doers. Peter amazes me uh, when he said this. Uh, every time I read this, this is incredible. It could have been, hey, Jesus, if it's you, calm this thing down and get in this boat and let's get it going. Peter's words were, if it is you, send me out to you. Don't calm it down. Don't jump in the boat with us. Send me out to where you are. Come, send me out to meet you. And so it didn't hit me until, again, when I was reading through it again this time, I said, that is an incredible faith-filled statement. Lord, I don't need you to calm the storm down. I don't need you to jump in the boat with us. I need you to call me out to the storm, to you. And so he followed his direction. He says, come to you, you follow. Um, and how do we do this? How do we get to this point where we can say, Lord God, call me out into the water to where you are? The number one thing we have to do is to trust him. How do we trust him? Getting to know them, getting to know him. Uh, it's very difficult to build trust with someone you don't know. It's very difficult to build trust with a stranger, right? 
it's very difficult to build trust, you know, with someone you, you, you hardly ever spend time with. Now, this isn't a bash you guys or bash myself or anything like that, but if we are not spending time with him, we will never get to know him in a deeper way. And that just speaks to me because I oftentimes I'm rather, you know, I'm on Netflix, I'm bring my laptop home and I'm on, I'm doing my own things and, and, and I'm not spending time with him. Peter heard his voice in the middle of the storm, was assured, okay, that's not a ghost, that's Jesus. Jesus, if it is you, send me out to come, you know, to come to you because he had built that trust. He had built that relationship. It was fairly new still, right? They'd been walking together for, for a while now. But he began to know who Jesus was. He had gone to know his power. He had gone to know his, 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 you know, his ability to change people's lives. And so he understood that and he identified that and said, Lord, if it is you, call me out. And so I want to encourage you guys today, get to know the one who makes those promises. Get to know the one who's speaking these words into our, our lives. If we're not following step one, it's very difficult that step two will be uh, hard to do. Um, but once we begin to develop that trust and that relationship with the Lord, recognizing his voice will be a lot easier and following his direction will be a lot easier. I, I often tell the youth group that, you know, I mean, we're all at that point. We were young. You know, my dad would decide where we went, how I spent, you know, my money and what to wear and, 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 you know, what school to go to. He, you know, my parents would make decisions for us. And it starts with things, small things, you know, uh, dad, I don't want to cut my hair like that. I want to cut it like this. All right, go ahead. Come out with the faux hawk and then my dad's upset. Um, I don't want to dress like that today, Dad. I'm, I kind of want to wear, you know, I want to wear these. All right, okay, go ahead. He lets us start making our decisions, developing our style, developing our tastes. Um, and as we grow older, our decision-making becomes a lot more crucial. All right, you get into that age of, you know, what am I going to do after high school? Should I get a job? Should I continue to study? Um, and ultimately, those decisions, at least in my case, were left up to me. My dad would encourage us, you know, I encourage you to do this, this, and that, but make a decision. Okay, I'm going to decide to do this. He was there to guide us and to kind of move us through. Now that I'm older, I, I, I still have a lot of decisions to make. My wife and I both are making now decisions for our kids, right? And we're kind of dreading that age where, I mean, there's still a long ways out, but, you know, the teen years are coming and, and all that. But, you know, we're making decisions for our household. And now that I'm older, I, I say, Lord, I, I want to make decisions that will build our house, that will strengthen our relationship as a couple, and that will strengthen the relationship as parents. But how do I do that? And, and, and to be honest with you, it's the more you walk with the Lord and the more you've spent time with him and the more you begin to know his character, what he approves of, what he disapproves of, what, what, he, what, what, what he wants for your life, those decisions that you have to make that will affect your family, that will affect your finances, that will affect you, you, know, you your relationships, they become a little more easier. Uh, to make. Why? Because you begin to know 
this is what the Lord wants for us. Not because, you know, I, I heard his voice, I'm super spiritual. It's because I've been walking with him for so long that I'm beginning to understand what he wants for me, what he approves of, what, 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 what his desires are for my life. And so when I make those decisions that will inevitably affect my kids, affect my marriage, affect my finances, affect my everyday life, I can say, Lord, I am walking according to your will to the best of my abilities. Your Holy Spirit is guiding me, pointing me in the directions. Ultimately, the decision is going to be mine. Should I stay? Should I go? Should I invest? Should I not invest? Uh, should I, my kids, should they go here? Should they go there? And in our life, sometimes when those decisions come is what Sometimes we hit the brakes, and I, I have been guilty of just being, you know, at a standstill and not knowing what to do. Too afraid to make a decision because, oh, I don't know if I should go here, should go B, should go. And so the more we hear his voice, follow his direction, those decisions will be a little more clear for us to, to make when they come. Uh, lastly, Cry out. Um, he is there to reach out no matter what the situation is. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. This is Peter. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. He is there to reach out to us no matter what. Like I previously mentioned, Peter was an experienced fisherman. I'm sure he had been there before. I, again, there's no story in the scriptures that says that, but I, I mean, I've been cooking for so many years, I, I got to get burnt once in a while. I've been there before. I've cut myself before. I've I've messed up recipes before, and we have to start from scratch. And you oversalted the soup, Geo. Throw it out, make a new one. I, I've been there before. In the heat of the moment, we're expecting three hundred guests, five hundred guests show up. What do we do? I, I've been there before, right? Whatever your area of expertise is, I'm, you guys have been there before. The contractor didn't show up. Plum is not set in. The house is due. You guys have been in your area of expertise, and you guys had to put out fires, and you guys, you know. And so that's, that's why I want to think that Peter had seen storms. He had been to unsuccessful trips. He's been, he'd been to bountiful fishing trips. He'd, he'd, he'd done it all. He'd, he'd been a fisherman for a living for, for years, his whole life probably. P Peter was experienced, but he knew who to look towards in the middle of the situation. I'm sure he was an expert swimmer. I mean, it'd be a tragedy if he was, I don't know how to swim, and you're a fisherman for a living. But I'm, again, I'm guessing, Peter had the tools, he had the knowledge of the sea, he had the experience, he, he, he knew what was going on, he knew how to probably stay afloat in the middle of the ocean, he knew how to do, but he looked towards the one who called him out. And his first words were, Jesus, save me. I want to encourage you guys today that even when we step out in faith or whether it be God calling us out, maybe it's our own decision, misguided, or, you know, we, we make the best decisions that we think. 
Um, I've been there. Where I've made. I think it's the best decision that I make, and I'm like, oh, this is not the best decision, and it's too late. I'm, I'm already. I'm, I got to walk with it. Um, Jesus is out there for us. We can still cry out to Him and say, Lord, I'm in over my head. My experience is not enough. My life experience is not enough in this situation. My resources aren't enough. I, there's nothing I can do in this situation, Lord. I'm looking to you. He knew where to look towards. His, his, his experience wouldn't be enough. Jesus, I see him as a father who allows his children to walk in faith. Again, Jesus could have said, hey, nope, stay there. I'm, I'm coming to you. I, I've been there before. With them. I got, you saw my kids. They, they, you know, there's been times where I, I, I'm more of a, let, let him do it. Let, let him try it out. And my wife's more of a, I don't. Um, but I've been there in situations where I, you know, I tell my kids, wait, stay there. I'll go to you. Don't come. Don't, don't cross the road. Stay there. Jesus could have very well been like, storm cease. Don't come out of the boat. I'll come to you. Stay there. Get in the boat and let's go. Let's go home. But Jesus pretty much, like a good father, allows us to exercise our faith. Peter just demonstrated tremendous faith in that moment, and he walked on water. He walked towards Jesus, took a few steps, maybe halfway there. But he allowed him to do that. And like a father who allows his son or daughter to, to walk towards him, perhaps stumble and fall, he allows us to say, Lord, I'm going to make this decision. You're walking with me. I'm, I'm going to go for it. If it doesn't work out, he's there to reach his hand out and pull us through. The last verse, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? This verse kind of, again, some people would would say it's like a reproach. Why did you doubt? But I, but I hear Jesus' voice when he says this in, in, in that loving manner. When I tell my kid, you're almost there. You're, you, you almost made it, buddy. You, you almost had it. Let's try it again. Is how I hear Jesus letting Peter know, you have little faith, man. Why did you doubt? You were so close. You were so close. Let's get back in the boat. Trust me, there's going to be other opportunities to exercise your faith. And, and we know later on in life that, that Peter went on to do incredible, amazing things for, for, for the gospel. And along with the other disciples in that boat. So Jesus reached out, pulled him out, sent him on boat, sent him back on the boat, and immediately the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. The main thing that fear wants to do in our lives, again, is to distract us, pull our eyesight away from Jesus. When Peter was out on the water, he saw the ocean and the waves and the wind crashing. And that immediate moment where he shifted his eyes away, he began to sink. So I want to encourage you today, whenever that feeling, that dread wants to seep in, we can cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, this is starting to creep in in my soul, Lord. I don't want to let it take over me. I want to keep my eyes on you. 
I'm crying out to you for help. And lastly, when it's all said and done, worship him. Give him thanks. Say, God, you know, the Lord take it, the Lord giveth, to God be the glory. We can't always expect things to work out exactly the way we planned, but in the middle of it all, we can all say, Jesus is with me. Jesus walked with me. And Jesus pulled me through when I was sinking. And so I want to encourage you guys today with, again, these three points. Fear's main objective is to pull our eyes away from Jesus, to create in us an inability to make decisions, to freeze up, to not walk forward. Oftentimes I hear that, you know, um, fear produces three things in us. Retreat. Um, stay still, get paralyzed with fear, or push forward. And uh, Dennis shared with us today about what being of good courage means, which is even though I'm fearful, I'm pushing forward with the fear, with the doubt. I'm pushing forward because I see who is in front of me. And so I want to encourage you guys today, um, look into your lives, look into your heart, and say, Lord, what, what areas am I still doubting in, feeling fearful in, um, what areas am I allowing this fear to distract me from you and rely on my resources, my experience, what I can do? And instead, I want to refocus it back on you and say, Lord, whatever your will is, whatever you have for me, I want, I want to do that. Um, and just lastly, to share with you guys, um, to you know, help me pray, and again, for, for that peace and that tranquility, because we did receive some news at work of possible closures. Some cafes are, are shutting down. There's going to be some restructuring going on in the company. And you know, a lot of the, you know, being in charge of the cafe, um, a lot of the, the team members are looking to the leadership for, for answers and or for peace of mind. What does that mean for us, Gio? What is there, what's going to happen to us? And honestly, you know, I'm, I'm showing a strong face, but in my head, I'm like, I don't know what that means, man. I'm in the same boat as you. Um, but, you know, just pray for us and say, Lord, whatever your will is there, give you the courage, give you the words to speak out if you need to encourage. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm walking in faith as well. And I'm saying, Lord, let no fear take over my life, but that you know, I may continue to trust in you. So just, you know, keep that in, in, in your prayers there for, for us. And so I want to uh, close out with the word of prayer. Um, thank you guys again for, you know, making time to come out, taking time to, to, to tune in and kind of, you know, listen to, to what, what the Lord has for us. And I pray that if, if you heard something encouraging, share that with someone, write it down, you know, let it resonate in your mind as well. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and self-control. Lord God, we understand that fear's main objective is to draw our attention away from you and focus it on the problem, focus it on our inabilities, focus it on our weakness. Lord God, and we pray today that your Holy Spirit may remind us that it all goes back to you, Lord that you've called us out into the water, Lord, and help us take those steps and walk towards you. 
You don't want to get into the boat. You want us to come towards you. Lord God, that we may be like Peter, that in the middle of the storm, we don't ask for it. Lord God, stop the storm. Stop everything. Just give us the peace. But that we may say, Lord, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of of the despair and the fear, help me walk towards you. Help me get towards you, Lord. Because we never know who's watching. We never know who one day is going to hear the testimony that you've pulled us out of, and they will be encouraged as well. I pray that your Holy Spirit be with us, reminding us this whole week of, of what we've learned, reminding us that there is no place in your love for fear. Your perfect love casts out all fear. And so, Lord God, we, we thank you for, for everyone here today. Be with us uh, and remind us that you are with us. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. So thank you, everyone, for coming. I don't know, I think I finished a little early, but stick around for lunch, hang out a little bit, and, and you know, be a good courage and say no to fear. Thanks. All right.